Hi, everybody. This is Kyler Bingham with Salt Lake Dirt and KPCR 101.9 FM in Santa Cruz. Uh, super excited today to talk about a film that has been on my radar uh, ever since I was aware that it was at uh, Slamdance 2023 this year. We're here to talk about the film Fuzzy Head, and we have the writer-director Wendy McComb with us. Wendy, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's... Uh, let's talk about kind of the genesis of the film because i watched it and definitely it, it was my kind of film just all around like the visuals the aesthetics just try to figure out what's going on the dreamlike nature of it so i would just love to hear um you know because you're 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 in it as well but you wrote and directed it so let's talk about kind of the idea like where did this idea come from if i'm not mistaken this is your second feature film yes second feature film um truthfully i was i was kind of gonna make a comedy uh and then i guess my spirit or whatever i just kind of go by what source tells me to make i guess at least that's what i found out after doing this movie uh, said you're making this movie this surreal <laughs> like <laughs> very traumatic film and yeah I mean I'm very grateful it's been um, such a journey uh, it, it came from I believe I, I self-diagnosed myself with PTSD seven years ago and um kind of like the movie the matrix mm -hmm. uh, that's the best way to describe what that felt like um just going down a rabbit hole not knowing what's real um almost as though i had chosen to take that pill and like find out untruths and truths and who i am and where i came from and all this stuff all for uh the purpose of quote unquote healing which, uh, you know, at the end, you kind of discover, like, was anything ever broken? Mm. And um, I think three or four years into that journey, finished the script of Fuzzy Head. And I was like, well, if I'm going to go through this, like, I'm, I'm definitely going to go through this um, by making art with it. So maybe other people can see it so they don't feel alone if they chose to go through this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because I felt pretty alone during that process. And, um, I think you can go through either process, go through it, or you can choose not to go through it. And what I found is, uh, you kind of meet at the same place either way, as long as mm -hmm. you find yourself in unconditional love. So, um, that's kind of where it came from. Just like kind of a biopic in a mm -hmm. weird way with the added, uh, bit of, uh, log line. Yeah. No, that's so I love that. That's so interesting, like going through it or kind of like going around it, I guess you could say. And it's like you kind of hopefully get to that same point. That's I. that's a fascinating idea. I love that. Um, but yeah, there's just so many intense scenes with like the with the with the, the main character and her mother, just like you. Oh, my goodness. Like just such a. Like a raw feeling, I think, I mean, I don't. You know the the scene where he um the mom made her the the kid broke the glass and and the mom made her walk on the glass just horrible horrible like traumatic events I mean and it just like from a viewer standpoint you just I felt like it it was 
th- there was just it was like very Lin- David Lynchian. I know, I, you know, that's what I, I was getting from a lot of this where it's like, is it is this real? Is this not? But the feelings were real. That's what I gained from it w- while watching it. And so I just had very strong emotions watching <laughs> this poor character going through some of these things and trying to sort it out in these flashbacks. And then she's there as an adult woman observing it. It was just so powerful. So um, yeah. I just absolutely love the film. And, you know, I think our the, the people who listen to my show, I know that that they'll love it. So we'll make sure people have all the info because it is coming out on video on demand on the 24th of October. So people right. just, just, you know, 12 days away or so from our recording, people oh. get a chance to, to watch us. So, um, super it's crazy. Exciting. Yeah. Right. It seems like it's a, been a very long journey for you. I oh, am curious. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious how, uh, I heard good things about slam dance. I would love, you know, to hear how that experience was and slam slam Ness is one of my favorite festivals to attend and um i would just love to hear i think it's a perfect slam dance film i would love to hear kind of the reception and and just how it went back um you know pushing a year ago now yeah wow um <laughs> wild this whole I know. Thing wild you know and like yeah, just to push on that note, just anybody who sees the film or has an opportunity or an old Twitter, I say, like, tweet, tweet, use that old Twitter, <laughs> tweet, tweet a poster, tweet the trailer. That's how these indie films get made. It's me and my producer, Cooper Osnowitz, uh, doing all this work, you know, like, of course, there's been helping hands along the way, but we are a very small team creating really big, like you said, a lot of emotional work. Um and slam dance is a big advocate and um of yeah my first film and this film and i'm we're extremely grateful for them to premiere fuzzy head there it was such a different experience than the first film the first film's a dark comedy birds without feathers and um you know i wore like a bird cape or something like i was like who was i that was before i took the pill you know like the <laughs> pill i was like yeah i'm so happy <laughs> and um uh, i for this me and cooper were just so straight faced the whole time we were not like socializing much because we, we both had not really made a film of this nature so we've kind of like i've felt guilt i have felt like uh, just like, oh, God, people are going to think Marla, the main character, is crazy. They're going to think she's toxic. Like, you know, and of course, that all comes from stems from me. Mm. So as a filmmaker, you're just like, you know, some of the biggest things I've read are like, you know, you have to give your character full compassion, full empathy, which is super meta because in real life to heal. God, what is that word heal anyway? At the end of my journey, I'm kind of like, what is that? There's no real end to that. So it's like... uh and we weren't really ever broken. So anyway, sideswept, but like full compassion to self, right? So you're just really putting it all out there for an audience to see. And you have no clue what's going to happen. And I really made the film. I also edited the film. I mm. chose to edit the film in a very, I think, non-traditional way mm-hmm. where it's... uh not very forgiving for the first 20 minutes i mean it's like you are in it i wanted you to feel what marla feels i wanted you to feel what someone with ptsd felt for just to really 
I don't know, see if you have that empathy or compassion to sit through it, which I feel like the world is sort of lacking. So that's my my input as an artist. So, yeah, I mean, we had a full house at Slamdance. It was incredible. Both screenings sold out. Um, and I've, I've quoted this for interviews before, but I love this uh, example of how, the, how it went. So the last question at the second screening, uh, we, we say, okay, last question. And this woman stands up and says, for the first 20 minutes, I wanted to leave more than anything. <laughs> That's honesty. <laughs> and everybody, I mean, Jonathan Tolliver, who plays blank in the film, my best friend in the film, yeah. literally goes, <laughs> Like what the hell? <laughs> and um, I kind of just sat there thinking, I know, you know, like yes, <laughs> and and I didn't really say anything. And then she continued, and she said, "And I'm really glad I didn't, and I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life." Wow, that's powerful, right there. I mean, because that's that's like a. Uh... That's just true honesty. You know, a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't say something like start with that. So that's a that's that's gotta be so fulfilling to to hear that. Um and it's like you don't know what was going on with her to make her want to leave. I like what, what was going on internally, clearly about you know, her I didn't, I didn't but she told me later. Uh, wow, that's so incredible. Wow. So it is like and like I had the you know uh, the same experience where well not the same experience but it just was like such an emotionally raw, powerful film and I did not think she was crazy or like I was with her the whole way and I felt part of her journey and um yeah that's that's got to be so incredible to when you have because you really are putting yourself out there when you were that highly involved in a film where you you, <laughs> you write direct uh, edit you star in it that's a lot yeah so you, you know <laughs> that's a that's a lot of weight on your shoulders and if, if people hate it then that, that would be a hard thing then it's like well do you hate me but whatever who cares well you know? i think i went through all of that so i think as an artist i try to go through all of that myself by myself first mm -hmm. so even if they did hate it i would probably be smiling still because like you know, when you go through that for yourself first, no one can really shake you. And uh, you, you've got to get what the art is giving you, regardless yeah. of what others are going to think about it. And regardless, either way, I've just been grateful for the people who've reached out to me inspired or just telling me they feel like they they were in the same situation or they're just so grateful to see somebody go through this journey that they're not alone. Um, I've had men ask me at screenings if they think this movie would be just as pivotal with a male lead character. And, you know, me happily saying, yes, I think that's important. And coming up to me and saying that they, they're going to continue a script that they didn't think was valid anymore. Oh, wow. That's huge. That's huge. That's great. Um, 
Well, I, I am curious about your like your background with filmmaking and mm-hmm. um, just kind of like w- where are you from originally? Where what kind of like drew you to this world of of uh, filmmaking? Like what were maybe some of uh, your influences when you were younger? Where you were like this is something sure. that I think I can do that I want to do. I I want to do this as well. I don't think I ever thought those things. Yeah. I, I, I want to do this. I think I can do this. Like those never really came. I think mm. it was just doing it. And, um, you know, much like the little girl in the movie, I, you know, I had much to escape from, um, which I didn't find out later till years of therapy. Like, Oh, like I was making up scenarios in my head. Cause I didn't feel safe. Okay. Like, you know, like, uh, stuff like that. And I didn't realize it was all connected to my family and my father and mother. And um, my birth certificate says I'm from Long Beach, California. You know, like, I don't know if I'm actually from Earth or not, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what it says. Uh, from a pretty young age, I pretty much raised myself and my younger sister. Um, so we played with the VHS camera a lot. Just really good escapism, I I suppose, you know, and then like obsession, like I became obsessed with wanting to be a music video vixen. Uh, So making so many music videos as a kid, um, I became I was always obsessed with making spoofs of like the Maury show and like, you know, Jerry Springer. (laughs) So obsessed. Uh, My first. you know, and then naturally obsessed with the Spice Girls and NSYNC. And then you're making, you're dressing up constantly and making sketches. And then uh, I think my first play ever, which I still have no clue how I memorized the lines. Because I'm like, I don't remember who helped me with this. Um, in first grade, I was a little red hen uh, mm-hmm. in a play. So it's like, it just always was. Every time there was a talent show, I was always in it. Um and there was no parental guidance there. I somehow, it's even crazy telling you now, I'm like, I somehow signed up for that. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like seven years old. Like, what? Like, I signed up for that. I rehearsed. I like figured it out and did it, you know, all the way till I was directing um, in high school, co-directing with my wonderful drama teacher miss wendy atwell same name wendy uh but yeah she was a fantastic teacher and gave me i think the fire and drive um and i moved to hollywood right when i was 18 and mm. I, I didn't even know i was a director even though the, all these things i'm telling you was all me directing yeah right? yeah yeah so then you know just figuring out oh what's youtube and starting to do all that stuff that's basically where it came from. And just having this delusion, which is not a delusion, but a thing we say, oh, I'm delusional. It's like before I took the matrix pill, it's like, actually, I think I had it pretty right. You know, like it was the path. It was, there was no fear. There was no questioning. It was just whatever I liked, I did. That's yeah, that's great. I actually, I lived in Long Beach when I was in my, early 20s um so yeah i've yeah just a no question there just a just a side comment i live at like belmont heights i lived in belmont heights 
um just like broadway and redondo oh that's a great spot <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway just just a side by note. the library cafe by the light yeah there? yeah oh yeah. yeah all the time it was just like half a block away from where or, yeah not even that i was right there yeah so i'd go there all the yeah, time shout out to the library <laughs> library yeah still, i love that place it's still going it's that's still going great strong. that's but awesome portfolio, but portfolio's gone is it that's yeah. sad that's sad. so sad <laughs> um anyway yeah i i love i love long beach but yeah and it is like it is so interesting when i when i lived there because i'd go up to hollywood a fair amount and it is so interesting how like it's such a different world and it's a you know it's not far away and you like long beach is so you know for good or for bad it is like it is so like mentally far from hollywood yeah. uh so it's like i live in salt lake city now and, and you know it's unique in its own way but it's like like when i go to la it's just a different world but same thing with long beach long beach to hollywood different world so it's like um yeah that's i think also like when i was a kid i thought downtown long beach was hollywood yeah yeah well why wouldn't you right you're like <laughs> <laughs> my dad was like let's go downtown i was all like I'm going to be famous. Like, I, I really, at like, you know, eight years old, I really, I really thought I was going to downtown, like LA, like. Oh, that's great. So in um, a way I connected it weird. Yeah, that's funny. So I, I am like, I, I always love to hear like stuff that filmmakers and writers that, that they <laughs> enjoy, like, like what are some, you know, books, movies, TV shows, music, anything that you like, have been drawn to recently anything that you've it's kind of captivated your recently interest? i mean yeah I'm or i'm yeah i'm obsessed right now with um einstein on the beach philip glass okay have you heard the record like no. in its totality it's like four no records. no yeah that will shout that out i list i listen to that now every day and i don't know why but i'm just like now it will be my life's work to create einstein on in the desert or something like and i'm not even a musician so yeah. i'm just like i don't know why now all of a sudden i'm like this will be my life's work i'm obsessed so i'll, I'll like check it out i like being obsessed out. with things it's it's worth being obsessed over for sure it's incredible oh that's exciting um, <laughs> very cool uh what about when you were younger? Like what were, so you're like making stuff, like making your videos, making your Jerry Springer-esque <laughs> videos. Like what, <laughs> what, 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 like, what did you, what were you drawn to when you were, when you were younger before you moved to Hollywood, let's say, or when you moved to Hollywood, you're still super young when you're, you no, know, like, that's so boring. When I moved to Hollywood, I literally <laughs> was obsessed with nothing but becoming famous. I was just, so, I didn't do anything. I would walk to Target. Like it was so <laughs> mundane. Like let's not glamorize this. It was so mundane. It was like, I'll walk to Target. I think I used to go to Shakey's because it was down the street from my house yeah. when I moved to Hollywood and I was 18. Because like, remind you, like now I'm just like all of a sudden go from like living in family house to like, now I live in Hollywood. Um, and this was like before the internet was like fully taken off, you know, before any of this stuff. So, um, what was I, I was obsessed with, um, the 1960s game shows. I watched really? all <laughs> of that when I, you know, Nick at night and the game show network, cause I slept on the couch as a kid. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
when I found out I could sneak staying up past bedtime, like and turn the TV on, I just I would stay up till like one in the morning watching the gong show and Brady Bunch. Just yeah. <laughs> even but even when I was a kid, I would just fake sick so I could watch prices right. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's that's just that wasn't like a just a thing that occurred. And then like, you know what really solidified the flow for me was when um that Charlie Kaufman film, uh George Clooney's directorial debut. What was that? Starring Sam Rockwell, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yes, I forgot yeah. about that movie. I love um, that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I if you haven't seen it, people want to obviously watch Fuzzy Head. But like, you know, after that, watch this movie. Great direction by George. And of course, Sam Rockwell's my favorite. Also, later in my career, I got to work with him. Oh, wow. Like, you know, flow is real. Whatever yeah. you're obsessed with or love, you know, like it really appears if you're not blocking it with like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be obsessed with this or maybe blah 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 let me try to pretend i know why i'm thinking about that it's like just let yourself think about it let yourself dream about it stop cutting it in half that's your flow you know yeah what so what was it about game shows that that kind of pulled you in that that's so interesting to me the set decoration <laughs> apparently the set deck like totally love it absolutely everything like even in fuzzy head in all my films, you know, yeah. I try to say I try to say very timeless, you know. Mm -hmm. Red commercials now, I, I do all kinds of stuff. I try to stay timeless. It's like, sure, there's a modern twist depending on who I get as a DP and stuff. And obviously, sometimes you have to incorporate that more than others. But it's like I'm obsessed with being timeless and like not using too many cell phones and you know, Scorsese and Robert Altman and, um, you know, uh, one of my favorite films is Persona. Uh, I just, I love all that stuff. I don't know why. I just, I guess I'm just really obsessed with the raw emotion and character development and all that stuff and all that. Obviously, game shows don't have character development, but I don't know. There's just, I think it was the set decoration and then God, they were so weird. And apparently later on, I find out, you know, they're all on cocaine and stuff. So it's like, <laughs> I was like, oh, they're, they're weird like me, you know? Like, <laughs> no, they're on drugs. Like, no, no one's weird like you. They're all on drugs. <laughs> well, um, I, I guess we could we could wrap up. I did want to ask you about, I'm glad you brought that up because um, it escaped my mind, just the, the, like the set decoration stuff and just like, it just seemed this is something I, I'm going to have to I want to watch this movie again because there were so many little things. Um, it just was like so visually stimulating for me. And there were so many little things that I just loved. And I loved like, you know, all the, the, the places where you shot, like the homes, the decoration. There was wow. just so much going on. So like clearly a lot of effort went into a lot of effort, a lot of planning went into this. So, and people will just have to see the film for themselves to know what we're talking about. But like, like, how do you, when, when you're scouting locations, um, when you are doing an indie film, especially you have a lot of limitations, but um, how did you approach it yeah. with, with fuzzy ed? How did you decide, or how did you find some of these spots? Did you have to bring in a lot of the stuff or was it, or were these existing um locations that had all these cool things that that did make it timeless yeah yeah 
I think um, if you pay attention, there's a lot of minimalism, you know, even in the prettiest scenes. I think I've always known this to be true just as an indie filmmaker. Like my budgets are getting bigger. They're just, they're not at that place where you can really break your rules, if that makes sense. It's like always through my no budgets to now this budget. It's like, if you don't have enough, just make it minimal. And um, it's little things like you'll see, you know, the repeated curtains to to make it look like, oh, this could be the void still. This isn't reality, you know, just like tying in little things like that. But it's like, why does that scene look so good? Because it's full of curtains, just like the other scene. And it's just minimal like that. It's the framing of the shot that keeps it looking expensive and of course the real attention to depth and lighting which you know you i learn a lot from like people like gordon willis and stuff like that you have to have depth in some place or else the color correction isn't going to allow that to look nice later um uh we got lucky in some places like uh the childhood home for example um that table the sister's sitting at just has a flower on it. And that's her character trait is yellow flowers. And that house just had that table, mm. you know? So it's just like, ah, when you see stuff like that, you're like, I, I maybe that helps answer it more. Yeah. I try to give characters traits or colors for their story. And so while you watch it, you can get subconsciously affected, but you don't know why. Yeah. Because it's, it's done by every single detail is thought out. Every single mood is I'm trying to affect you uh, in a way where it gets to you on some level, whether it's the acting or the lighting or the color or, or the sound. Each character has its own, has their sound for if it's the void, the past, the present, it's a, it's all of it is is thought through the the mother has the amber orange color you know like we're being kind of guided through this story even though it's non-linear in many ways and and when you have those things picked out i guess i kind of stole those rules from scorsese it's like when you have those rules picked out for a movie it makes it very easy to see what's needed or what's overkill and what can make it work you know so we did what we could we had amazing production design from jenny mendez and um and others and i i and costume design um we had so much so many talented people work on this film to create it and um yeah when you have a very small budget you kind of I, I i think you just think minimally and even if you didn't have the table with the flower on it, you find a tiny vase and you put a flower in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. just, you make it work. And um, I, I think it's also just making sure the era, like somebody on set tried to get us a 2004 Mercedes mm -hmm. because they couldn't find a 1970s or 80s one. <laughs> and I just said, no, we're not shooting today. This is absolutely not going to happen. I think that's what would ruin the film. Like, it's going to ruin it because it ruins the illusion. And it, it's it's just, it looks cheap. I'm sorry, but that, that would look cheap. It, you know, that would show your budget, I think. Like, yeah. oh, we did what we could. Like, I'm like, I would rather just cut the scenes. Yeah. 
So it's like really deciding what what keeps the story alive, I think, is the, the biggest thing to keep it looking so rich and full. Yeah. And it works like you're in it the whole time. So Amen. Um, amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, let's tell people where um they can find the film and where they can, you know, follow. Oh. I think I think she jumped off the call. Um <laughs> she'll come back. Bye. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> someone, someone called me. Oh, is that, that was, I thought you were just like, amen. Like, and we're out. <laughs> like, <you> just... <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> that was great. But, um, we, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. okay, okay. We were recording. Okay. okay. That's great. Um, we are back, but we just want, <laughs> we wanted to let everyone know where, you know, they can find you on social media. Um, if you have it and where people can find the film, it's coming out October 24th. Um, where can people find Fuzzy Head? Many places to find Fuzzy Head. It's going to be all over cable, everything. Um, right now, there's an early bird link out for VOD. Um, you can find that on Fuzzy Head Movie on Instagram. You can find that on Wendy McComb Instagram, uh, Wendy McComb YouTube. Uh, you can see my earlier work there as well. I want to just drop a thing, uh, check out my first feature, Birds Without Feathers, if you like dark comedies. And just say again, if you got an old Twitter or you got time to post on your stories, support independent film by reposting something, because that's how we get these made. I love it. And like I said, I love the film. I want people to check it out. So I will definitely be sharing um, Wendy, thank you so much for, for taking the time. This was great. I love the film. Of, I'm a fan. I can't wait to go back and watch uh, Birds Without Feathers So, and <laughs> some of your other stuff. So, yeah, thanks for making Fuzzy Head. I loved it, and I look forward to seeing more of your work in the future. Thank you, and thanks for your time, and we'll just see each other at another time in life. Absolutely. I would love that. All right. Take <laughs> care. <laughs> Bye. Bye.